welcome into the Arc Gip Sports Business Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today we've got a special one. We've got TJ Eisenhart joining the podcast. He's a, uh, I'm not really sure how to introduce him. I don't know that I need to, but he's uh, a very talented cyclist, artist, family man, and also has quite the business savvy. And we had a very interesting conversation. I, I could have talked to him for another three hours. We spoke about a lot of topics, uh, life, business, sport, and a lot of topics were covered and I think in, in kind of a meaningful way. And I hope that uh, you, you guys find some value in this conversation. Uh, I know I certainly did. So without further ado, I'll send you over there now. Again, TJ Eisenhart. Thank you. All right. So yeah, we were just talking a little bit about art, like before we kind of got started on some of the cycling stuff and you were saying. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you gave a piece to your girlfriend and how you, you could hear in the way you spoke. You, there was long, there was this like, Oh yeah. She just kind of politely put it into storage, but you could, it's like, you know, that's as an artist, you shouldn't have to be worried about what they're thinking about what others, because what, from what I've learned is most of the time they can't see what you're seeing. They don't, they don't understand what you're seeing. And they're again, it's as an artist, you're trying to show the world what you're seeing. You're not trying to show the world what this person is seeing, you know, because you can't relate to that person because you're not that person. And I, there's been so many times I've shown pieces early on to my mom or my wife and like I could just see them their face like they don't get it where it's going and they don't you can see like they may not they don't even like it uh but they, that's just because they can't see where it's going and that's I, I it took me a long time to realize that my brain is different like that that I can see where it's going and that's like my artistry and my superpower is that I can see where it's going to go and I can see how it's going to look for the most part and how it's going to feel where most people can't see yeah, that. And they, I only, mean, it's they, great... they only see what it's, it is now. And for me, that's really helped me a lot with my business and for everything and building imaginary collective and our team, because it just, from building art, you realize art is built from nothing to something. You know, you go and buy a canvas or piece of paper and it costs literally nothing. And then you sell it for $10,000 and you're just like, people aren't buying the material. You know, they're buying what you produce, like what you put out there, your soul, basically. And uh, I realized, well, everything's like that. Everything we start from scratch like that. Everything is our canvas. Everything we start from a white canvas. And we, it's our job to build from there, you know, and I just apply that now to everything I do kind of like the, a recipe, you know, and it's just like, it's awesome. Now I'm just purely living my absolute dream, which I didn't think would ever be possible. You know, it, it was crazy. I was racing professionally and on BMC and on Hincapi and you, you feel like you're, you're living the dream but you're living someone else's yeah everybody's like, living, telling you you're living the dream it, yeah everyone's telling yeah. you that's what you built up for that's what you were going for and i gave up art for a lot of years to really like pursue that because i thought that's what like all right yeah you can't really make it as an artist you can't really and it's like wait no i'm listening to too many other people that was way the issue whereas 
from a young age, it was like people were telling me, oh yeah, you can be a great GC leader. You're going to be the next Lance Armstrong. You're going to be, it's like, no, everyone should have just shut up and just told me to go have fun racing my bike. But yeah, no, again, really you got it. You sort of got to come to that yourself. You know, it's, if oh. somebody told you, you know, early on, maybe, Hey, just go have fun racing your bike. You'd have in the back of your mind, like, am I leaving something on the table? Am I leaving something? But the fact that you kind of did that arc yourself, now, you know, I'm not totally. leaving anything on the table. Um, you know, I'm like living the dream now. Yeah, that's, the, I, I had a great conversation with a friend. Uh, he's a tattoo artist <clears throat> here in St. George. And uh, I love riding with him because we love doing art and we love talking about art and bikes and life. And we were talking about that where, yeah, I mean, for, you know, the most part, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. Can you go back? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're saying it's that still you, early. it's like tattoo artists that you, you ride with. And we were kind of talking about coming to some of these realizations on your own. Oh then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, what I said was, you know, I have all these thoughts on what I did then, you know, or what I maybe would do now, or it's like, Oh man, had you known me then you would have thought it's total square or, you know, just totally, you know, but I want to be where I am now without ev like you basically said everything we did, you know, previously and same thing, like a piece of art, like you'll be doing a piece and you'll just be going with it and going with the flow. And it's not ever perfect. You know, people think like when you're making art, it's like, Oh yeah, this stroke is perfect. This stroke. It's like, you're just going with it. You're going with mm -hmm. how you feel. And all of a sudden you might slip up and create a mistake. And that's just part of the piece. The same thing with your life like it's just part of the piece and then when you pull back and look at the piece at the end it all ties together and creates this masterpiece and again for me i just apply that to my life and you know think about that in the same scale as like okay i did this you know that then helped me get here and when you pull back farther it's going to help create something yeah. a lot larger and uh and that's kind of the beauty is all those little like nicks and cuts and issues and like um have you ever seen the movie goodwill hunting oh yeah yeah that's like one of my favorite movies and there's a great thing where like robin williams is talking about his wife who like passed away and you know there's he's like oh there's all these little issues or things that she did that you didn't like or whatever but when she's gone you realize like that's all the good stuff like that's all the everything little, you miss yeah everything, everything you, miss. you miss yeah i i say today like the worst day uh, today for me it like the worst day is by far my great would have been my greatest day three or four five years wow. ago you know yeah. like since meeting my wife since really pursuing what i want to do since being true and like pursuing art and doing what i want to do and it's like that's yeah I, it's funny like on my worst days on those days you're like you maybe did something stupid and your wife is upset with you and you're you're like that that's still better like those days when you're like in arguments or you feel like crap you know it's like i still have this beautiful daughter i still have this amazing wife like life is good for me you know even like if i'm thinking that day is t terrible and it's that's like awesome. then i look i look back farther and i'm like oh my gosh this is this would have been in extremely amazing day had i like let's say i was 18 and know like oh man you got this sexy wife you got this amazing daughter 
you got this awesome art studio you're going to be racing for santa cruz you know what i mean it's just yeah like, oh yeah yeah that's awesome well yeah so go- why, why don't you take me back a little bit to that kind of like on the road like a little bit what that was like like maybe how long you did it um you know what the travel was like maybe what the day-to-day was like and then yeah you know, maybe kind of how you started to realize maybe there's something else on the other side of it yeah it's funny a lot of people will look at me or see this video or listen and be like what you retired from re- professional cycling at like 26 that's so young like retired from anything but what they don't realize is I've been doing it since I was 10. Like yeah. when you do cycling, it's it's full. You have to do full gas every day, all day. And the more, the higher you get up in levels and age, the harder it just gets. It never gets any easier. You know, there's always that famous quote by Lamond where it's like, doesn't get any easier. You just get faster. And it's true. You just, <laughs> you go up the same climb and it'll still hurt the same as it did, but you're just going faster up it you know and you just so since i was 12 years old it's funny i was talking to that same friend and telling him like yeah my life was kind of a bit like that blades of glory where you had the kid who was like adopted and then this like put into sports super prodigy and like at age 12 they were doing aerodynamic testing and lab (laughs) testing and i watched that movie the other night and i was like that's just that was just my normal life like at at that junior age you were being tested in those programs you were being tracked you were being followed you were going all those camps you were watching diets you were training and so like i said by the time you get to my age now you're just like you're ready to do something else and to change it up a bit uh and for me around 18 i signed professionally with uh bmc uh, like their development program. And so then I moved straight to Europe, uh, lived there for like four years. I lived two years in uh, Belgium in the oh, little town called Le Glaze. And it's like the more hilly region of okay. the Ardennes. Uh, it's what, so like Liège, Bastogne Liège actually, actually went straight past our, like okay. the house. Yeah. Like, so there's La Rosier, and like it went right by that uh but uh yeah so i lived there raced and it just like like i said it just was like always this i don't know itch i can never quite scratch like felt like i was always felt like i was doing all the work but it just wasn't ever felt like coming back completely like it felt a good analogy i gave to someone was like it felt like i was in like the proper river like I was going with the, like I was in the river I needed to be in, but I was swimming up the current. <laughs> so yeah. just like, what? and I like, I love cycling. Like what's going on? Why, why is this not, you know, why, why is this not kind of happening? It felt like, and you, you don't uh, love it felt like I was fire hose though in that environment. I you know it's like you're you're yeah, I mean, cycling I, from a fire hose almost it, to the point. Oh where, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I, I totally shut off any art. I didn't do anything. I just dedicated and it's exactly what you said, just like a total fire hose of you know, processing, cycling on TV, news articles, learning about it. And just like now looking back, it's like I just totally overanalyzed everything and totally overcomplicated everything. Because now I train way less. 
and I'm basically at that same level, you know, and it's like, I now know how to really gauge that, but yet have this, but, but, well, I think, like I think you see that, that in business, like people that age, people, well, I was going to say people that like start their own businesses and stuff. And, you know, they, they do the same thing. They'll put all this effort in so much effort and they're really not getting anywhere. And it almost takes maybe a life event or a change in scenery. And then you pull back and you're like, wait a minute, like I need to focus on these three important things. You know, maybe these three mm-hmm. things that I do best and like go with that. And all of a sudden you start to see results. Whereas, you know, you could be totally working your butt off and, and not really getting anywhere. And maybe that's a little bit with cycling. You're, you were so the paradigm was so day to day to day, you come, you get a little breather back from it. And you're like, wait a minute, I am talented. I do, you know, respond Mm -hmm. well to these long rides or whatever, or, you know, hills or whatever. And I'm just going to focus on that and, and start building my, you know, engine kind of from that perspective. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, I think uh, you're, you're, and I didn't really know what I really wanted. You know, I think when you do as a kid, you do start something like that. You get some, and you're good at it. A lot of people will just like, you'll start building walls kind of around you and you start getting this, like ton- you get tunneled, you get tunneled out basically where it's like, all right, your eyes are on the prize of this. Like, I'll get to graduate high school early for going to Europe. That's cool. That sounds cool. And also everyone else, again, is too much chatter and everyone's, you know, in your ear about, oh yeah, this is, you're going to, you're living the dream. This is so cool. This, this, this. And again, you don't have actually time to kind of, like you said, maybe have a life event or have something happen to you to kind of really take you step back and be like, is that my dream? Like, do I like, do I really want that? Do I really like that? And, uh, it, it really hit me when, uh, found out my, we just got married, uh, and I found out my wife was pregnant and you're just like, dang, you're, you're just trying to process everything. And right as that happened, my contract had also just got cut in half from my team because they had lost a sponsor. So it wasn't even a fault of mine or because everyone's contract got cut because of loss of a sponsor. And so here I am just like complaining then all winter and just pissed off that all of a sudden I lost all that half my paycheck and would have been fine and wouldn't have had a stress the next year. But then all of a sudden now it's like, you know, Oh man, we're, we're about to, my wife at that time didn't really have like a super stable job. She didn't have like insurance either or anything. So like, it then was like, I went from this like steady feeling to like, oh man, I can't rely upon others. And like, I hated complaining and realizing that's, I'm complaining about others' mistakes. Like that wasn't my mistake, you know? Mm-hmm. And you, I didn't, and that's, again, I realized like, it doesn't matter how much I train or how much I race. If others aren't pulling their weight, it does what is what does it matter you know so i i then really i remember coming to terms like i gotta just do this on my own i gotta like i want to take control of my destiny because i just was tired of following because i knew i was i was getting sponsors since i was 10 years old my dad Mm -hmm. was really good at teaching me how to like speak to people and communicate to people and uh he uh was in like uh he helped develop like a lot of foundations 
mm-hmm. for like special Olympics. So he knew how to talk to like people to get them to donate or sponsor. And like, I just picked that up. So it was like, I was always getting watch sponsors, shoe sponsors, anything, because I saw it bigger. You know, I grew up in other sports as well. So I saw like, well, why wouldn't we have all these other endorsement deals? Why would we just have what the team has? That doesn't make sense. But there's all this other time you're not riding a bike, you know, so or this. So what is it like with the team in terms of those sponsors? Like, do they have to, so like the team itself? It's basically like the middleman. What? So it, yeah. the team then, it, that's where I saw it is like, wait, the team isn't actually doing anything for me, but cutting out the, half the money that the sponsors given to the riders. Yeah, so then the, the product is, they're selling to the to Exactly. The so they're the yeah. middleman, you know, and you're just like, at, for me as a businessman, I was like, why on earth am I working with a middleman? Why would I not? And I was scrolling through my phone. And I remember one day, the owner of uh, Ride 100%, the, the, the sunglasses, uh, okay. he, yeah. he, messaged, he messaged me because uh, we were using their glasses that year. And he was like, dude, I love your art. Like, I'd love for you to do a mural in our building. And I was, you know, and I was- You were like, time, talk to my middleman. No. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. At that time, I was in the midst of starting to like- we're going to do imaginary collective the next year. So I was like, you know what? All right. I should hit, you know? And I was like, wait, I'm talking to all these, like all the owners, you know, I'm not talking to like the product manager or like, it wasn't like someone I knew it was like, no, this is the owner of the company at all these companies, whether it was monster, ride 100%, uh, you know, all these companies. And you're just like, well, I I'm friends with all these guys. I do art. I did. I, you know, I've either sold a piece to them or, you know, and you're just like, well, why wouldn't I hit them up and see if they're just interested in supporting me? Because the way I saw it is like, here you have a sponsor. They could give 50 K to a team that sponsor sponsors 15 people. But out of that 15 people, you get one person that's actually posting. So Mm -hmm. why not pay that person half, you know that of that and get save half of your sponsorship and it's funny i just went to a lot of sponsors like that and was just like why you're you know why pay full price for you're only getting you know it's like buying a thing carton of eggs and you only get like two eggs that aren't broken you know yeah 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 there's a lot of waste in that why did i put all that money into that and uh and it was also interesting like 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 i said like being an artist you're used to seeing things how it's gonna look or what it might look like and uh i'd always like just would see like all right like sponsorship is and social media this is crucial and it was just so funny throughout my career so many people would just be like making fun of it all the time or they would be making fun of me or like just like thinking it's a joke and it was like you guys think this is a joke, but this, and now you see like last year, that's what it all depended on last year. There was no races. Well, yeah. At the end of the season. Sure. They got a couple in. Yeah. They got it. They were able to squeeze a couple in, but, uh, the only reason our sponsors, you know, and we even upped it, like all our sponsors came back and all upped, like what? Cause we didn't, we didn't ask for any money the first year. Cause I was like, I'll prove like, uh, that's what I always like to do is just prove my wealth and value. And I, I always say like, you'll come back at the end of the year and you'll be wanting to pay us more. 
because I'll prove to you why you'll, you know, and we did during yeah, that year, we, you know, I posted every, every day, you know, was thinking, all right, out of the box, like if we can't do races, what is my skill set that I can do with my sponsors? All right, let's hit them up for product that I can paint. We can auction off and give that money then to charity. Like last year, we didn't get paid a dime on the team. And then we were able to get from our sponsors, like a bike, some wheels, paint it, auction it off and raise about 4K to uh, Pingree, the autism center in Salt Lake. So it's That's like, awesome. it's just cool doing things like that. And again, people will say like, oh no, this is how a business should be, or this is how a cycling team should be right down this line. And it's like, there's, it's seriously the wild, wild west, especially now on social media. You can, if you are an amazing, you know, I don't know, at knitting, you can become a YouTube star at knit. You know what I mean? Like anything, anything yeah. you're, you're anything good, good at, at yeah, and you're good at, you know, kind of being social with people. You can basically create a, you know, a little business off. And me, my whole goal, once I found out my wife was pregnant to be able to create a job that where. I was at home because I didn't want to travel to Europe anymore. I didn't want to travel like long ex uh, extended, you know, I was like, I just want to paint at home, ride my bike when I want to ride and then look at. Yeah. Now, it's the quality of life. Doing. Yeah. And, uh, but it's just funny. Like I said, a lot of people laughed at it. A lot of people like didn't get it. They didn't see it. I, and it was funny. I, I, a lot of people would be like, Oh, you just contacted those first sponsors. And they said, yeah. And it's like, no, I, I messaged a lot of people mm -hmm. we met and it was funny getting those responses back. And again, I was like, you guys don't see it, but you're going to see it. Like, uh, that's okay. If you're not interested, you know, cause like, I don't want to work with people that I have to convince at all. Like if you don't see my vision, I'm not here to, I can continue without you. I don't sure. Yeah. You know, I can find others who will see it because it's a big world, a lot of people, you know, and it's like, if one person doesn't see your point of view, I'm sure someone else will. Yeah. So when, so when you were sort of out cycling in Europe and stuff, when did you really start to see and start to think about like imaginary collective itself and that sort of idea of working directly with the sponsors? Was it right from the beginning or was it sort of towards the end and sort of like, uh, what was the timeline on making that business plan or whatever sort of as you it, as you uh moved into it's, that it's always been kind of this like inception thought in my mind i think since the beginning because i've always loved that uh athlete sponsorship relationship because that's what i grew up with as a junior as a junior i wasn't on a team on as a junior i had to go out and get the sponsors sure and okay. it's like that's now the normal privateering gravel thing. And it's like, well, I was doing that when I was 12. Like it's easy, you know? And people are like, Oh, it's so scary asking for this to this. And it's like, my dad just taught me that, Hey, the worst thing someone can say is no, you know? And exactly. Someone You've said, yeah. Ask. And they say, yeah. 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 It's and almost like it's never. Too... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it, I think you were about to say it's too, it almost like it's too easy. Well, no, I was going to say, I think people, it's almost like it's too, um, it's just outside the norm. So it's sort of like, oh, I, I couldn't possibly ask, like, what if they say no, then I'm yeah. the person they said no to. And it's like, 
well, yeah, but then the fifth person, they say yes, and now you can go ride the race, you know? Exactly. That one, like I said, so I kind of, I think it's also now too easy where there's days you, with social media, you can send a message to anyone or any company. I do it all that I would do it all the time when I was building imaginary collective. And now I don't cause I just, I'm comfortable and I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to add more. Sure. Why? Yeah. You don't want to get it beyond but, a sustainable. Yeah. And, uh, but it's funny. Like if you really wanted, you could go on Instagram all day and send messages. Let's say you did that, uh, for two hours maybe, or one hour a day, you would be in, you would be blown away by then the free stuff they would send you, or maybe the, yeah, they're like, Oh yeah, let's bring you on as an athlete. Or, you know, it's like most of the time it's just from, you know, a lot of times I'm just like, Oh, I sh it's usually just from me asking, you know, sending a message out and being like, Hey, love your products, love what you guys are doing. Uh, and yeah, so many people are afraid to ask and but and you got to get that see, conversation started. I mean, that, like you said, you don't, they might say no, they might say yes. They might say, here's yeah. some product. They might say, you know, let, let me have you on a video or like, you don't know, but you don't know till you, till you start that process. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, it's a, I think it helps being an artist, you know, as an artist, you're used to being vulnerable. Like if you're selling your art, you're being real vulnerable because you're open a lot to of people aren't going to like it. Yeah, which is cool. Like yeah. I'm totally cool with it. But that's also then helped me be that same way towards life and like business. And it's also awesome. a very like, healthy I, attitude. Yeah. yeah, because it's it, and like it's funny how art has just taught me so many life lessons like that, where you're just like, okay, be, you know, this vulnerability, it's it's beautiful inside you. Not everyone's gonna love it or appreciate it. But that doesn't mean it's not like a beautiful piece of art. And it's like, I don't know, that's how I feel about people. My mom always taught me like everyone has a story. And so when I would travel or even now, like when I go places, maybe not now so much with COVID, but before, you know, I'd talk to strangers all the time. And my wife thinks it's so funny that <laughs> I just like, I'll talk to any, like last night we were on date night and I was just standing in line to go to the bathroom. and just chatting up this guy you know but that's how you make conversations that's how you you know that's how i sell art that's how i make friends that's how i grow relationships and honestly you realize as well like as an artist you can't do anything like solo you know mm -hmm. like no nothing is done by yourself like if you want to grow and grow something amazing and build something amazing you have to communicate that to people you have to talk to people you have to build relationships you have to you know it's awesome that now i can go on my phone and be like oh yeah who what what person does this oh i should reach out to them they can maybe help out this guy or oh this exactly. you should hit up this massage guy he's great for this or oh you're looking to get a tattoo done you should have my friend here you know it's like and it's awesome how i've built these other bridges for other people and you're kind of then this connector, like for now, like, right. For example, like an imaginary collective, we're always helping other athletes come on to other sponsors of ours, you know, whether it's like yeah. helping bring Jamie Bestwick on to Kogel or, you know, uh, it's, that's just how we view it is like, if someone's making a great product, why wouldn't we want to bring 
sure. everyone yeah. we love onto it, you know? Yeah. And it's funny that you talk about that, like vulnerability that art taught you. And like, that's something that I think in our like society, people view vulnerability as this huge negative, but it's actually this yeah. asset that's allowed you to make these connections. It's allowed you to sell your art. Cause like you said, I mean, that's a very, you're really stepping out on the whatever over the ledge because you're, you're saying, Hey, here's this thing that I put all this effort in that I love. I think it's beautiful. Will you buy it or put it in your gallery? And they're like, Oh my, my, my baby could paint better than that. You know? And it's just like, Oh yeah, someone, but it's okay. You know? And you go on to the next one and you know, that allows you to do that. And then here you are, the vulnerabilities allowed you to build all of these relationships and make this. Yeah. The weakness becomes the strength. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, it's awesome. funny. I say, I say it now so confidently and like I talked to you in this podcast so confidently about all this, but it takes like, like we talked about earlier, it's I'm a canvas that has many like, you know, miss, you know, mishaps and like misdrawings and like, these are just lessons that I'm saying because it's like, these are things I work on every day as well. And things that I have grown from as well. You know, I remember, doing my first art show and not selling one piece, you know? And yeah. you're just like, you, and I was asking for like $200 for like the highest piece, you know? And now I don't even pick up a paintbrush for, you know, like, unless it's like an 800 to, you know, $500 piece, yeah. you know, just cause you're just like, I, yet now I view it as more timing and whether it's like, Oh, I can either be in the studio or I can be with my family be, you know? And it's yeah. like, Again, I see it as when people are buying art, not buying a subject matter, they're not buying the material, they're buying how you view it, your soul. So you're giving, that's what a lot of people, when you're a good artist, you realize you're actually, when you're going deep, you're grabbing something out of there and putting it on there and it takes away from you. Like there's actually a lot of times my best pieces, I'll finish it and I'll be in the worst mood and like super grumpy and like just- wow. Yeah, and it's like my wife will hate it, and like I'll know it's, but but it's just like, and I'll tell her as well. It's just like because you're so creatively drained and so mentally drained, and even like kind of spiritually drained. Like you put all that good into that, and now only like maybe whatever negative you had left in you is only that. You know, like yeah. I did this this piece, uh, this uh, I did this coyote piece, this abstraction in October. Over, uh, and this guy bought it for this wife uh, who has uh, uh, pancreatic or panc pancreatic cancer or some ovarian cancer, I think. And mm. so super hard, and like you're just like mm -hmm. you're being told this, and you're like, "Geez, I, I'm giving a painting to someone. Like I have to go way deep. This is like this. Mm -hmm. could, I have to go. He this is healing deep. You know, I would meditate. I was meditating like crazy, uh, just like really." putting it there as like i need to give her and uh it did and you just you could feel it you know you could you could just and you could also feel like that piece really helped me for someone like that it helped me go deeper because you realize yeah. like oh my gosh i would maybe be in an argument with my wife about what we want for dinner walk out to the studio with maybe like not the greatest mood and then all of a sudden you're working on this painting and you're like, Oh my gosh, here, this guy is buying, you know, pay, paying this money for his wife's piece. And she, you know, you're just like, wake up. Life is so 
Oh yeah. You know, you're so blessed, you know, and again, like you said, it just helps your vulnerability. You're able to go deeper and deeper. And like I said, it comes your, eventually your greatest strength where you can hopefully go there quite a bit, but, uh, well, and even that process of you like going deep in that painting is, is a beautiful thing and it sort of takes it out of you, but it's the same. Yeah, I didn't paint during the month of November afterwards because I yeah, was so but, drained. Really? Yeah. Well, and it's like you have these, you know, let's say you have also like, and it's a little different, but you have a hard training ride or a hard race or a hard mm-hmm. something in life like that, that you kind of rise to and give so much of yourself to you leave drained, but, but it's a beautiful thing. And it's kind of a building block for the future. And like you said, now, when you approach your next painting, you've got that whole process and situation and thing that you went through behind you that makes the next one, you know, that much more powerful. You know? Oh yeah. We're always, we're always, I mean, it's like a pyramid in life. Like we're always climbing to that, yeah. that next little step, that next little riser. And you're, yeah, like you said, you're tired when you get there. But then you get there and you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. Like, this is a new level. I'm not on that first step anymore. But then you look yeah. up as well and you realize like, all right, this is how far I've come. How far can I go? You know, because yeah. that's how, what I, how I view it as well as I'll look back at some of my earliest pieces and it's, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm far, far better now than I was then. And that just is like, I, again, I re- it always hits me. It's like, that's how li- anything in life is anything you know? in life. Yeah. Like, and we always overcomplicate it thinking people have these magical powers or like some might have a little bit more talent. Sure. But once you get high enough up, whether that be in art or in cycling or in anything, talent just got you there. You know what I mean? Like then it, you have to show like why you're there. And that's the discipline of painting or drawing every day. It's still a, yeah a craft you have to a skill you have to perfect you have to learn same with training like i realize if i don't train every day and i get on the bike and i'm like oh man i can't do 300 watts anymore or like i try to go out and do a painting and i feel like like sloppy and it's like well yeah you haven't you haven't haven't strengthened that craft you haven't done it for a while but it's funny like i said people will just think like oh man you're you're just blessed or you have a talent it's like no, honestly, I just, from cycling, I've learned that discipline and I've learned that when you do apply that discipline to anything, you can be successful in anything, you know, but oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, you won't, I mean, it's, and like you say about the cycling, it's funny. Like I have a running background, not, not to your level in cycling, but I ran in like division one in college and stuff. And, um, I remember one day I was going like hiking with my girlfriend at the time and her uh, dog and I was sucking wind. I was like, I can't, I was like, I got to go back to the car and take a break. And, you know, and she's just walking around and I'm like dripping in sweat. And cause I just hadn't been, I hadn't run a step or biked or done anything in months. And, uh, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what your, you know, PR is from, you know, four years ago, you can't yeah. up the hill. I mean, that's, that's why I don't, I don't post any old photos. I don't, I was talking about to someone about this the other day on a podcast. Like, I just think it's ridiculous to live in the past like that. Cause mm-hmm. it's like you said, you can be like, cause that, I think just any, even if you're just thinking it's like just fun to just post an old photo, I think, I think a lot of times that's your subconscious wishing you were in that time, you know? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. and it's like, if I were to be posting a foot, like, cause they were, this one guy was like, Oh yeah. National champion, this, 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 this. And I was like, I totally forgot that I did all that, you know, or, you know, I've pushed mm-hmm. because to me, that wasn't even me who I am. That's a different TJ. Like, sure. and a lot of people, you know, I believe that you should always be evolving and changing and growing. And it's just funny to me seeing people just stay the exact same from you, you knew, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, we, you know, I've just, I like that, uh, that continuing. Yeah. And it's, it's and honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. You know, if you, if you talk to those people, you'd say, look, you've got all this, you've got all this in you. And if you're the same, you know, that you were a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, it's probably not a great thing. Well, yeah. Where's the excitement? I mean, I look at photos of me and my wife from like when we first met or when like every year, it's both of us are different. Like, and both of us have evolved, you know, now my wife is a yoga teacher, like all these things, like where you, you just, you can just tell like, that's why we're soulmates. Cause my my fiance is a yoga instructor as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, she's certified. She's a, she's a nurse sort of in the, in the, uh, day job, but she's uh, like a 200 hour instructor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's super hard, but what it, what I loved was that that just, I mean, people who do that, it again, kind of teaches and shows them that side of discipline and passion, passion, you know, like if you really have awesome. passion, you can do it. But, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's funny, like, uh, passion, I feel like is really our main fire within all of us, you know, like, you look around most people, you go to the grocery store or anything and it's just like zombied out, no passion. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing what they love. They're making great pay, but they're not doing anything mm-hmm. they love. They're not doing anything progressive for their life. They're not doing anything progressive for creativity. Like, and it, you're just like, I don't know. I, I kind of been in a lot of situations where people maybe are just out of your life like that or, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you ran into a friend and you, they were mountain biking and all of a sudden they're not he, like they have a heart attack and you're just like, Holy cow. Like life can yeah. be taken like that. Yeah. And, uh, anything can change like that. I mean, we learned that from COVID that's number one mm-hmm. lesson. And I just kind of view like if you, if that's taken away from it, you, you want to just be doing that. You just want to be kind of mm-hmm. just that, I don't know. I like, it's nothing against getting paid well or just making it through it or just doing your job and getting through the day. But like, you just want to get through the day. Like mm-hmm. I, you don't want to wake up. And like, for me, like I said, it's not like I'm a crazy, I'm not a rich man at all. Like I just get to do what I love to do. Like, and yeah. I get to live by my schedule. I get to do what I want to do on my daily, you know, but it, that's cause I don't pursue money like you know what i mean i pursue growth i yeah. pursue be- becoming a better artist i pursue becoming a better you know business person and things like that rather than you know like oh i want to be but, a millionaire yeah but it's, it's like, like it's like the vulnerability thing it's like when you you know chase only the money and you're yeah. you're in this situation that you don't have passion for you're never going to get you're never going to get to where you can get you know, oh, and if yeah. you ha- if you, passion is, 
It's yeah, our if you're totally, you know, you're doing your what you love on a daily basis and you have this clarifying thing of, I want to make sure I'm spending time with my family and I want to make sure when I do art, it's to the best that I can do and all of that stuff. Over time, if, if there's money out there, that, that will come and it will come even more because oh, you're people doing are going to appreciate love. that. And yeah, and, and you do what you love. So it's, it's almost this, that like vulnerability, strength, weakness, strength. And it's almost this like a conundrum or whatever that people get stuck in where they, they think they're chasing the money, but they're actually leaving sort of happiness and being able to provide something unique to the world that would compensate them probably even more. That's, that's what saddens me. That's what saddens me to the most is, and again, it's been so fun with starting an imaginary collective and, you know, bringing on my teammate and like business partner, Andrew Dahlheim, and he's not an artist, but when I walked into his house, I was like, you're an artist. Like the way you, he, he, awesome. he's so good at creating things yeah. like woodwork, everything. Yeah. And like I, just how artistic his house was, I was like, I, I could easily do something with you. But uh, you, it, it's been fun. Like when you can create an environment that's creative and inclusive, not saying, hey, I'm, this is my team. I'm going to do my designs we're going to do my creative it's like no 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 this is in my clubs we end things and we come together as a collective to create it that means everyone's voice is heard that means everyone's creative thought wants to be heard because like you said like and i like i know like there's so much more inside every single person yeah. and creatively that i think it's just wild that like we're not flying like spaceships right now we're not flying yeah electric car everyone's not like in all electric cars right now and everyone's not and it's me it's again we're just we've done these we're just so caught up with going to these jobs and then we get so caught up with getting caught up in being political and so caught up with we're like man we're in the year 2020 and racism is still a subject matter or like who you like want to marry is still a like issue you know or like Mm -hmm. sexual someone's sexual orientation it's like the cavemen didn't care. Like the yeah. cavemen just were trying to survive. Like, pe- yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're dealing with things that are just like so caveman-ish and like, like we should be trying, like if we were to truly be working together as creative minds and like, which would be awesome and not, we would be so far beyond exactly living yeah. in this beautiful, you know, utopia and living, you know, people would be thinking creatively rather than thinking, Oh yeah. If I pursue, Oh, why do you want to go to college? Oh, because I can uh, get a good job here and then make good money here. Oh, okay. Good luck with that. You know, like, yeah, but it's like you say, if, if more people were doing that, pursuing their passions, like you're talking about sort of in your imaginary collective, if that was the whole country, imagine what the whole country could do. If you didn't have everybody sort of shackled to their desks and stuff. And it's, there, there was this, um, I was reading this book by uh, Peter Thiel and he's like, a, he's one of the founders of PayPal and stuff. And he was talking about how he was a trained attorney and then left. And he said, you know, you talk to these people going into law school and they've got so much um, like intelligence and passion and all these things they want to do with their law degree and everything. And then they go through this expensive uh, law school. They yeah. have all this debt. Now they have to go to the big law firm and Mm -hmm. they hate it. 
And it's like, say, like you They're said, working you're at this big, yeah, and you've, you've quote unquote hours, made it, you've, yeah. yeah, you've quote unquote made it, but everybody in that big firm wants to get out. Everybody on the outside wishes they were in it's, doing drugs. Everyone's doing Coke yeah. at that point. Everyone's drinking all the time. Everyone's then, you know, more aggressive because again, think about it. it's again, to me, I think it's just hilarious. Like I get a lot of exercise every day. I get a lot of creative thinking every day. I, I eat healthy every day. I don't eat any fast. Like we drink green smoothies every day. And the more I've done, I meditate every day. And like, the more I've done this, I've just, it's just so clear to see. You're just like, wow, this is our medicine. Like mm-hmm. if we would stop like poisoning ourselves, because we do, we, when we go to these jobs every day, sit in this office chair every day from your, your body's not meant to do that. Your body's meant mm-hmm. to be running. Your body was made to hunt and go run after the animal. Your body was made to, you know, be up from sun up to sundown. Your body was, you know, not meant to have all these chemical foods. You know, it's so funny how, you know, drugs will are like bad, but yet we sell fast food. That's just another drug, you know, mm-hmm. or sugar or soda. Like there's other drugs, you know, it's just getting people addicted to other things. And it's so funny. You see obesity is one of our biggest killers and heart disease and everything. And like, you just start taking a step back and like, are you kidding me? That's like one of the easiest treatable things. Like I mm-hmm. might get a lot of criticism, but like all, if we were to, if, as a job, give like, Hey, we, all our coworkers need an hour of exercise a day. All our coworkers need a, you know, here's some healthy, you know, green food. But again, as we live in America, you can't take away our American food. You can't take away yeah. our rights to not want to exercise, but to and me, and it's, the, just it's like, almost like the people have to come to it themselves and realize, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the healthcare industry and that's a whole nother thing, but it's like, I, take I this pill, take, take yeah. this, whatever. And it's like, well, I, you, that you walk in with a bag of M&Ms, you know, nothing against M&Ms, but that's not yeah. good. You, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that I, out, you're probably going to feel I'll, better. Like I'm not one to, you know, say I'm, I, I'll have sugars and processed food and I, I know, but that, that's the thing is I'm aware, like, you're aware. This is not good for me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not normal. Like, this is not like, and it's funny, our meat, our vegetables, none of it is like, unless you're growing it from home or you're hunting it, like you're actually going out and hunting your elk, your food is all poisoned. Like, mm-hmm. our, it's all our meats are all jacked up with hormones and with fear and anxiety, because these chickens or cows or animals are living in cages, and then they're you know, tortured, and then they're killed and slaughtered in these cages. And so then people wonder why they have such high levels of anxiety and stress. And it's like, well, maybe because you just put that in spirit into your body and that mm-hmm. hormone filled bot, you know, or vegetables that are being poisoned with all these pesticides, and like, you know, building up all this stuff where I've had one, I know one friend that almost, you know, died, and they were pregnant and almost their child almost died, you know, from a cucumber having salmonella Jeez. and you're just like what and it just shows like i said like mm-hmm. we have to start looking at our health as our set like our our own not like trusting oh yeah mcdonald's just put out this new salad menu or you know mm-hmm. this company just dropped this it's like no i need to i need to look inside myself i need to you know go 
start a garden now. I need to buy plants to fill in my house. I need to meditate more. And like, I, like I said, I sound like this is a, like a fire hose of stuff right now. But for me, it was just one thing at a time. Like, sure. I'm just going to yeah. meditate today. You and know? one thing helps the other, you know, it's like yeah. one thing leads to the other, you know, if you're, if you're being creative and working with your hands and being close to the land and all this stuff, you'll feel better mentally. And then you'll be, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, whatever, uh, it has it momentum in a positive direction. Whereas yeah, the other way, if you're, you know, not sleeping enough and you're not eating right. And then you're going to a job you don't like, then it, it's momentum the other way. Yeah. And then you're just being, I mean, and then you're being, you know, brainwashed as well, being told like, you know, with mass consumption and consumerism where you're just like on your phone all day and you're scrolling. So here you are agitated with your work life, agitated with your health, agitated with all this. So what are you going to do? You're then going to spend money, buy on Amazon, buy on this, you know? And like I said, nothing, I do all this stuff, but like, I'm aware. And like, I try to, I try to, I know that it's, these are all issues we're dealing with in our civilization today and know that I'm also dealing with it and have to pull it back. This is just me like saying what I'm aware of. And as yeah, like not and try saying, to reduce, it's an ongoing process, but try to reduce it in your, in your life. Yeah, There's, there's yeah. tons of times where I'll all of a sudden catch myself and I'm like, Holy cow, I was on my phone for 40 minutes. I could have been on my bike for 40 minutes. And yeah. you look at those yeah. differences and you're yeah. like, in my life, I just was here or actually that 40 minutes put me down here. Whereas I could have been up here mm-hmm. from just yeah. doing a hard workout for 40 minutes. And it's just how we view it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, real quick, you want to tell me a little bit about gravel racing, what it, what it is, where it fits into the whole ecosystem of, uh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. just to totally change the subject. now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, gravel racing, it's, it's incredible. Uh, it's kind of that mixed hybrid of road racing and mountain bike. Uh, so you'll have like a road bike looking with mountain bike kind of sized tires on it. Um, and it's, it's really just that bike that's perfect for those, uh, hard fire roads that, you know, especially down here in the Utah desert, you just have hundreds of miles of desert roads. And so you can, you know, jump on this amazing bike and go rip down this road and just feel completely, honestly, like to me, it's like the purest way of like the American dream is like, you're totally free. You're just out there in the desert, peaceful, no one. And as well, also, you know, it just helps with like, I don't have to deal with cars. I don't have to worry about, you know, anything like that. Uh, And I got to see and explore even still, like I'll still, you find a new road and explore it and you're seeing parts of your, your land, uh, that you never, not your art, my land, but I guess like where I live, your environment that existed, your environment that never, you, you just thought it was one way. Your perspective was was one thought and your thought was like, Oh yeah, that mountain's cool above it. And then you go, you're able to go out there and explore it. And you're like, what, this is up here or this rock formation is here. Uh, and like I said, that, you know, racing, it's the most artistic way of riding and racing a bike or riding a bike, because there's not one, there's not a governing body over gravel racing, which nobody wants. We don't want a governing body because 
gravel racing, like I said, it's like art. You can be yeah. totally free. Someone can show up and be racing the race in a dress, you know, or show up and be racing on a mountain bike or be racing on a tandem or be racing, you know, or just be riding the race because they want to ride the race. Like what's beautiful about gravel racing is there's no categories of, Oh, the pros will start later. The amateurs will start here. The, you know, it's everyone starts together. So here you have the opportunity to, if someone is their first time ever doing a gravel race to someone who is an ex pro, like high end world tour pro who's sure. now doing gravel, you know, and it's like, wow, that never existed prior where. It, it, to me, like I said, it's just the purest form of racing where it's like, oh, no, there's not a label of, oh, yeah, you're a pro. You can do this race. It's like, no, anyone is accepted and welcome. And the culture is just always beautiful when you're at those events. It's always uh, very warm and welcoming and everyone's always very friendly and loving. And it's always an atmosphere that you love because it's usually just bikes and people who love bikes and people yes. who are stoked about bikes. And so you're stoked about it. And then they're just usually people who are stoked on life as well, because they're not there to get a result. They're there to have fun. Whereas if they were to show up to any type of other type of race, you know, like a local crit or a They've local got all that race, stress of yeah, what that represents. You, and yeah. Yeah. And whereas like a gravel race, the goal is just usually to finish, you know, whereas if you go to a crit, if you just finish, you're disappointed, you know, like usually you're just like, Oh, I have this end expectation. And then you spend all that money for only 30 minutes to race where a gravel race you're getting, if you pay $200 to $300 for your event, you're getting that money well spent because you're out there from sunrise to sunset. Usually that's awesome. And you're then surrounded by all these cool people you make, you leave that event with so many new friends, so many new connections built. And, uh, that's why I just really fell in love with it. Cause I'm a people person. Oh yeah. I'm an artistic person. So I like to be doing events like that. Cause that when I was at races prior, I would be like at a race in France or somewhere or anywhere. And I'd be talking to people and the team would always get pissed at me for it. You know, cause it's <laughs> like, you're wasting energy or yeah, yeah. you're, you should be focused on the race right now. Yeah. And it's like, well, I am, I'm just being a nice guy as well. <laughs> Yeah. So it reminds me a little bit of, uh, have you ever heard of like the Ragnar races or those kinds of, yeah, that's, that's like kind of those running races. Yeah. Like I've done those and it's, it's that way where literally, yeah. One team might run in dresses and another team might be there to like whoop some, butt, you know, but they, but it's 24 hours and you're, you know, you run through the woods. It's like a, a relay and, uh, it's the same thing. You could be like me and one of my, uh, like teammates, former teammates. So we had just got done running, you know, a couple of years before combined with people that maybe just ran in high school combined with people that were not runners at all. We were all on the same team and, you know, we had a blast. You, you know, you'd sleep for like an hour or two in between each run. And, you know, it was pouring rain and freezing and like someone would come wake you up and be like, all right, uh, you know, it's two in the morning. It's like, Oh, go run into the dark woods. You got an eight mile leg and you're like, all right, all right. Yeah. Totally. Something ridiculous. Yeah. But you do it anyway. Yeah. And same thing you leave with like all these great, you know, friends. It's, it's such a fun time regardless of the results and you creating life art in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, 
yeah what i love about those events because there's a lot of those 24-hour events in gravel and mountain bike sure. called yeah. epic rides the 24 hours and uh those are my favorite because you'll show up everyone's camping this big event and uh you're just everyone there uh but uh yeah it's a lot of times you in those long events and those exhausted events you'll be going through things you know mentally that i just it, it's such good therapy you know yeah. and it's it's like uh sometimes it feels you know you're just like it's like a, a natural oh it is a natural like psychedelic basically you know yeah. you get released those serotonins even maybe even it honestly because like if you do those deep breaths you can even release a lot of that natural dmt within your own mind and yeah there's times you're like you said it's two in the morning you have to go out there and run in the woods yeah and it is kind of you're 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 exhausted yeah you know you're you're but yet your adrenaline's pumping you're pumping your heart's pumping your breath is pumping you like might see something in the woods you might hear the coyotes howling out in the desert you might like you might have like you might have an epiphany like something you may have been struggling with that you didn't know might all of a sudden hit like that's the funny thing they're not funny thing but like every time i do an event there's usually something like that that hits like there was one time I, I did an event this year where it was 220 miles. It was from Eagle Mountain, South, uh, Utah to West to Wendover, uh, Nevada. And it was the old Pony Express route. And it was called the uh, Salty Stupid. And it was, yeah, 220 miles. And there's only like 19 people who did it. And so you're solo that whole time. And I remember getting to like 10 miles to go. And that final 10 miles was on the road going down. And it was like pitch dark. I'd gone through all this crazy gravel the whole day. And you're at hour like, uh, like I think 12, 13 at that point. And like, I just, my, I just couldn't like my body, mind just stopped. And then it's like, there's every race. And I, there are other races this year too, where it's like these events are so hard and so tasking on the body, mentally, spiritually, physically, that you just learn so much about yourself that you're able to then come back, reassess and grow, which normally if I were to do a normal race, like tour of Utah or a local, like a crit or something like that, it never pushes you to that absolute limit of like what I like you, where you feel like you're, you feel like you're my, you're my, you're losing your mind a bit, or like you've just been going so mm -hmm. hard all day and, like you just didn't know, like there are times, you know, you're at like hour 10 and you're like, wait, how do I feel better than I did all like my whole life? I feel better now, you know, but yeah, uh, that's why I just love about those events is those, it just pushes you in ways that, like I said, it's like a, just the psychedelic, it's free, like a spiritual natural thing. Yeah. yeah. Epiphany, you know, and I always come out of it with something or I feel like uh, a deeper appreciation for always my family life uh suffering i love suffering like that because like i said it just breaks you down and that goes back to that vulnerability thing yeah wanting to always be broke down block. yeah it becomes and, a building block for for your you know life yeah. in the future yeah one well, as like that kind of brings that up like you know i was thinking about breaking things down the other day and that's like that's all artists do is we just look at things look at how we can then re-break it down and build it our own that's always what artists are doing, just re-breaking things, you know? And same thing with, that's why I love these races is like I just said, you're breaking your body down to such a vulnerable part that then you can, 
you're so broken that then you can really, that's when you can really, really make spiritual changes real easy, you know, because it's not like you're like, Oh, I'll start tomorrow or, Oh, I'll just do this. It's like, no, you've gotten so deep into that point and where you're like, okay, yeah, I need to start doing this. Like I've thought about this now for 10 hours. I need to do this or need to go down this path. But. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So it's been a great conversation, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. Um, so I guess real quick and kind of wrapping it up, the the art in um I guess like the cycling products, where where do you see that going? Mm-hmm. I know you um I read in that article that that you were doing some work on like the carbon rims or something like that. And um we saw yeah. this is more like the pro tour stuff, but we saw like EF the EF team and you know where they um, and the tour of Italy had to change their Jersey and they partnered with that skateboard company and kind of made this yeah, wild palace. Yeah. That sold out and everybody, you know, I had my friends showing me the Jersey and the b- custom bikes that they did. So where do you That's, see that going? You, do you see more of that? Like customization? I mean, or- for me, I don't know where it's going, which is, uh, because I'm taking control of it. You know what I mean? I'm not following anybody else's like, like it's funny, people see rat like what Rafa did, and but it's like I had that I I was doing that all year. Like they know what everyone else doesn't realize we signed with Libtech, a perfect like the the highest snowboarding company in America. They just signed Sean White. Like okay. we we're we're a cycling team and we just signed with a snowboarding company. Because that have to cross market all the time and like why not and like it's funny i'll do something i'll create something or a design like i remember one year i was telling george i was like george we should go and we should next year get this many bikes do this gravel program do this races send three riders to all these races and then it was funny the next year ef did exactly that you know sent all that 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 and for me i watched them and then when i saw them do that palace skateboards collaboration and i had already signed with live tech and we had already been doing things like that and on my mind was already for years like why why aren't we partnering partnering with skateboard companies because i grew up snowboarding and skateboarding so i was just like this is why wouldn't i want to be partners with vans or you know all these or you know all these other companies and uh so seeing them do all that for me just instills that my mind is I'm doing what I need to be doing. Like I'm on the path because oh yeah, they're doing it, what I'm doing or their visions are similar. And it's funny, like even when I sent my designs yesterday to Santa Cruz for our, our, our jerseys and everything, because Santa Cruz let us do our, instead of like be completely on the factory team where they own all of our sponsors, they let us keep all of our sponsors and the imaginary collective name so we could do our own thing. So we're not tied down to like, their factory racing because they saw us as the artistic side and uh it was funny i sent them all that and they're like this is everything you know this is like very you know like i'm just on that same vibe that people are planning you know and when i realized that it's not like i'm planning that but it's the fact that you're just again being vulnerable and creating art and right now i have some really cool like very very like cool ideas that uh, I won't share right now, but some like 
cool creative videography and photography that uh you know just as like an artist i want to bring forward yeah uh to really kind of like i said disrupt this you know this this platform because it's funny it like gravel started as already this disruptive platform but now so many people have created this same type of art form with it you know like if you go and research any gravel youtube videos it's all the, like the same it'll be a country music song it'll be like <laughs> oh i left i left gravel because i wanted to pursue do my own and it's like it's not that's true like it's awesome but eventually it kind of hit me like oh man i can i i need to be always creating art like not just hiring this photographer or video art and like hey yeah do a cool video like this guy it's like there's an opportunity at all of these little touch points to 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 yeah. make it better and do well and just add things where to me i wanted someone i wanted to create i want to create something where it's going to make someone really stop question and rewatch multiple times, you know, whereas I don't want you to get this. The, I don't want you to get it from the get go. Like, I want you to see it and be like, I don't really know what I just watched. It was way cool. I'm going to forward this to my friends. This was awesome, you know, and it's like that was art rather than uh, a, a video showcasing the bike or a video showcasing uh, the clothing. And it's awesome telling all of my all of our sponsors these ideas. And they're just like, so stoked to see where we take it because they just don't they also don't know exactly where i'm going to push it all the time and i think that's also the excitement of it is like we don't really always know what tj is going to do next you oh know? yeah well and again like see like sort of letting some of that control go to you is going to help them like santa cruz is going to benefit from you know it like you said they, they oh yeah be on the we, factory team they're not holding you down but so they're sort of giving well, something. That's the beauty. Unquote, you're, yeah. Yeah. But they're going to get yeah, way you're more not, back from it. Yeah. I was talking to, you know, three of my sponsors yesterday, sharing ideas, talking creative ideas to grow each other. And these yeah. are big, these were big companies. And it's like, if I was just viewed as another athlete or viewed as like, you know, like I said, just a factory writer, or they're not calling me then to get creative ideas or creative thoughts towards, Oh, Hey, what, what do you think about this? Hey, we need it then. And then me sharing an idea and they're like, Oh yeah, that's way like, let's, we should, you know, cat, we should do more, maybe more down that direction, you know? And again, that's me just realizing my strengths and weaknesses now realizing, okay, <laughs> I have a lot of strengths towards that creative side and I can help out. You know, I shouldn't fear sharing it with someone because just cause someone's working at a job, and I think that job is like high, like they're sponsoring me. doesn't mean they're higher up than me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like nobody's, you can share an idea with, you know, the great, uh, you know, Elon. And yeah. if it's amazing, he's like, he'll tell you it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's and, the and issue. We, and, we hide it all the time. Yeah. You're in this position where you are kind you're independent and you can, you can have those conversations on that kind of peer to peer level where, like you said, if you were a factory writer, you, you wouldn't even be almost allowed to, you know, you're so yeah, your, your opinion's not welcome you do work for that's, them in that case, you know? Yeah. And that's why, well, and that's why I always tell them is like, I'm always going to be super, we're always going to be super honest with them. Like if a product is not what it should be, we're going to tell them if uh, like we think it, we should do this or that, like we're going to tell them, but 
it's not my way or the highway as well. It's, you know, wanting to hear, but it's also not like, Hey, uh, we're going to send you a, a schedule to post for your social media. It's exactly. like, no way you can't yeah. tell me what to do like that. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, I can't oh, yeah. prepare to post for, you know, Oh, wheelie Wednesday or throwback Thursday. It's like, no man, let me post. However I feel creatively again, you know, because again, social media is just, it's gotten so like, uh, it used to be this great journal where people would document, you know, what they felt at that moment or now it's just like, Oh, I need to post something today. I need to post something about this, right. Or I need to post this product. It's like, no, think creatively about how you want to do this or, you know, and I've, like I said, I'm guilty of doing it all, you know, but it's only not like really hit me now where you're just like, I need to always be pushing this creative boundary. Oh yeah. And those creative posts will perform better. Ultimately they'll do, they'll do more. They'll do better than the one that is passionless and, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything else you want to throw on, uh, on, on this one here? Uh, I mean, if people are interested in, you know, learning more about my art, just send me a message on my Instagram at TJ Eisenhart or, you know, follow me at TJ Eisenhart or go follow, you know, brand imaginary collective. Uh, yeah. A lot of cool things coming, you know, creatively this year, whether events happen or not, you know, uh, kind of the beauty of us as being yeah. more of the creative side is you don't, you could tell a sponsor, yeah, we don't care about winning because, and then with races don't happen, it doesn't matter really for you. Uh, Cause you're just like, all right, we just have to think creatively in our content wise and creating oh, yeah. art. So. Well, but. awesome. Well, I, I really enjoyed this and we'll have to have you back on to uh, talk about some of the videos and like future uh, ideas yeah. that you've got going on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I love this conversation. It was super fun. So like I said, I could talk about art and cycling all day. All right. Awesome. So, well, you have a great talk- day and we appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Thank you.